welcome back to the Actual VR Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Mann, the owner of Actuality VR. This is the podcast where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at the VR revolution in real time with real professionals. We take a look at immersive tech news and interview professionals in their respective fields. Today, we're joined by none other than Josh Collins, Director of Destination Activation and Marketing at StreetSense. Josh drops some bombs about listening to your community, marketing to Gen Z, and the finer points of collaboration. But first, we're joined by producer Casey as we talk about the news stories we covered on the actual VR show this Monday. Don't forget, if you've been enjoying this and all other content we put out to subscribe on your platform of choice. With that said, let's go. What's going on, guys? We're, we're here. We're here. So we, we, we've got another... Uh, you, you know him. You've seen him before. He's uh he's the man behind the board. He's on the ones and twos and threes and f- there's a lot of numbers in that on that board over there. But you know him as Casey Shaheen, the producer. What's going on, everybody? It's good to be back, bud. It's good. It's good to have you back. It's man. good. It's good. It's, it's good to be back. And then again. And then, and then again. again. And, and again. <laughs> we actually had to re-record this one because we messed up. But you know what? This is what you do as a professional uh, enterprise. You work it out. You know what I mean? We actually what? recorded this as like pretense a lot of it for another episode it's fine it's good you guys enjoying the show so far i know i am hell yeah (laughs) let's get into it a little bias all right so this this week on the show we talked about um so joe rogan experience podcast big fan uh big fan longtime listener first time caller uh he had john carmack who is the cto of oculus he also created doom and quake wolfenstein he's he's the mastermind behind this oh man deja vu i'm just getting it uh all right uh we also talked about borderlands 2 vr mm-hmm. existed on playstation vr now coming right. to pc vr and then finally we talked about virtual production uh with the unreal engine exactly uh which is revolutionizing the way Revolutionizing. Revolutionizing. It's, it's a tremendous uh, execution <laughs> of the form. It's, it's never been done better. You can ask You can ask anybody. Never, never, never done better. Never done better. John Carmack, good guy. Great guy. It's debatable. Good guy. <laughs> Pretty good guy. On point. On uh, point. Sir. So, yeah. So, John So John Carmack. We'll start right, there. Right. John Carmack, um, he, he talked about a lot of different things. I, I know that there was one thing that really stuck out to me, especially when we talk about VR training and even just the experiences that people develop. And I think content creators will relate to this, but he talked about when he was, when they were porting over Minecraft from PC to VR headsets, right. he was playing it and, you know, he spent a lot of time in it, but he was having dreams about being in Minecraft. Right. And I want to take that a little step further. I think when you are, when it comes to virtual reality, this has been proven. It's the reason mm. why it's effective in training. It's the reason why, um, you know, when we have these experiences, they're, we're a part of it. We're mm-hmm. in these experiences. Right. With traditional video, traditional games, you remember the game, but you remember the surroundings. You remember where you were oh, so when you played this game? You're alluding to the the fact that he said he had the dream in Minecraft, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. What, okay, cool. I just wanted to make yeah. sure. I, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, wow, like this is a profound thing. I've kind of heard it before, but I'm like, this is another take, and I like it a lot. I like it. A uh, uh, hot take. Uh, so it was... Um, you know, when it comes to virtual reality, when you're fully immersed into an experience, it becomes a part of your memory as if you were actually there. Right. It's the reason why when we talk about retention and ways to learn, and uh, just in general, you know, you have reading and watching things. Right. Then you have teaching, and then you have actually doing. Right. Between teaching and doing is virtual reality, and I think that's part of the reason why. That's where why the retention rate is so yeah. much higher. I was doing some research, and uh, retention rates are seventy to ninety percent higher 
in with virtual reality training than it is Why traditional. Isn't this more readily available for stuff? We're working I on know, it. I know, I know, but that's we're why people tune in because they can't wait to know because we're going to be the first to find out. <laughs> first to market. For, so Real I mean, news, tremendous news, the best, <laughs> the best news. They, they've done a pretty good job. So I mean, you. So you watch. You watch the interview. Uh, yeah, and I and this this I think this venue for those who like don't have the time for Joe Rogan who who do find him exhausting. There are people that do. I happen to be one of them half the time. Uh, <laughs> I love his guests. It was a three and a half hour conversation. It was a long conversation. So uh, this is a really cool way of just to get the highlights from people that you trust, news you trust. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, did you, I mean, did you have any takeaways from there? Is there anything that really stuck out to you? Or? I had one, um, one about AR that I've been really curious about is like the the when is mass adoption going to be? Mm. Uh, at what point does AR actually become a thing, and rather yeah. than just like, oh, this is a thing? Like when <laughs> I don't want it to be the man romper. You remember what I mean? Like the oh, the, yeah, yeah, the romper yeah, for yeah, men, yeah. where it's like, yeah, men are going to be wearing this. It was all done tongue in cheek, but at the same time, it's like. I really hope that AR isn't done tongue-in-cheek because it is... I mean, we've been waiting for Minority Report since it came out. Oh, yeah. So now we have the opportunity. It's been the benchmark. Yeah, yeah. And I figured out what the actual application of AR will be and what through Carmack. And in his words, he says, I don't think it's going to be this crazy thing like like, uh, Microsoft Holodeck. Is that what it's called? HoloLens. HoloLens. Holodeck is something completely different. Completely different. Yep. It is Uh, uh, Star Trek. That's correct. Um... Uh, it's the it, the fact that AR comes in handy when it's for men, uh, not men, but like people, workers on the job. So yep. he used a, I believe he used the uh, the idea of like a mine worker or a construction yep. worker where they can have something on that goes ahead and says this is the problem and it can it's the diagnosis. It's essentially like yeah. an updated version of the reminders app. It's a tool. It's like a it's tool a, yeah. for a specific thing. And you know, John Carmack's going to be a little biased. He's, uh, you know, he's on a VR platform, right? I, but I do think he was very correct in saying, yeah, it, I, it's a tool. I it's a specific view, tool. The long view has a has some relevance to it. Yes, yeah, I think we're a little ways away from right. everybody walking around with uh, AR elements well, over like, everything, overlays. Even um, like having a specific uh, piece of ra- like rugged hardware that is sold to uh, a company as saying. Instead of looking at their phones, they can actually see the problem, and diagnose it, and it can be it's a it's a smart thing. I think that is they have those, and there it is. Yeah, and it, it. I went to an enterprise conference, and some of the some of the training modules, some of the tools that they were using, they were, uh, some manufacturer hardware manufacturer hardware manufacturers were there with AR glasses cool. that were blast proof, that were fire like they're meant for industrial level um, they're meant guidelines. To be dropped, meant to be, yeah. So yeah, then there's that. Static free, you know. There's also one really cool um, thing that I just thought as a, you can tell that Carmack is a good dude just in terms of like acknowledging people, acknowledging his workers, acknowledging developers and designers. Yeah. Where he goes, there's the the idea that you see a uh, uh, a fire extinguisher on the wall, mm-hmm. and maybe when you're when you're going through the game and and you're you're playing, oh cool fire extinguisher whatever, but in VR, in AR, in, in with a headset on, you can look over and you see. Holy crap! They thought of fire code. Yeah, <laughs> like I think that's really cool. Yeah, to, no, one hundred percent. And then you know, there's there was somebody behind that fire extinguisher too, right. and he acknowledges that he's just like, you know, somebody spent a lot of time yeah. making that fire extinguisher yeah, was, or putting it there. But like, yeah, it, it, was, it was really good. I want I want to move on. Uh, we so Borderlands Two VR. I I played uh, the first one mm-hmm. on Xbox uh, back in the day. Haven't really played it since. I do know it was 
really fun game. Yeah, it was a unique style. It had the cell shading. It's whimsical. It's whimsical. It's, it's a little, funny. It's a little silly. It's a little silly. It's a little silly. <laughs> you got a little you got a little twitch going on? Okay. It's the Red Bull. <laughs> and the six-hour production day. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. We work at AVR, baby. <laughs> baby. Yeah, so yeah, the game came out on uh on PC, PC. Yep. So, well, it's not out yet. Uh, August, I believe, or okay. not August. Uh, this fall is going to be right. the release date uh, announced. I think it's this fall. Cool. I'm pretty sure it's this fall for PC VR. It yeah. happened in August of last year is when okay. they released it for PlayStation, PlayStation VR. VR. So, so it's already happen. existed. But I, I think when we start talking about the, I don't know, the, the, you get a little bit more flexibility when you're using computer processors. Right. I think that's when you're really going to be able to see just how much time because it looks. I think we talked about it in the show. the 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 show is kind of designed, or this game is designed with cell shading in mind. It's stylized it's that way. It's Perfect for the medium. It's perfect for the medium. It's not. It's not this super textured game. Well, we're not talking. You get close enough, you can see the pores in somebody's skin. Right. Like no, you. It, it's. I, I think it's perfect. It's efficient. Do we? Here's my question about. Uh, just about, <laughs> I. A little sidebar. <laughs> Do we want VR to get to the point where we are? Looking at people's pores, because here's my question. The reason I say that is because there are there's the beauty uh, Snapchat filter yep. that completely erases pores from your face. Like, are we just in the digital world? We want the digital world to like mirror the real world. I mean, mm. do people really want that much realism in their in their VR? Because I think that is a complete waste of time. We've already decided on the public forum in, in the in the in the realm of public discourse that we no longer want to see pores get your pores out of my eye line it's like christian bale get your pores out of my eye line get out of my eye line get out so i agree on a, a couple of points that you made there like i don't think people want other people to see their pores they want to see other people's pores but they want to know the real the realism comes Is when you look at another petty it's a <laughs> It's always the yeah. future of anything. Have you ever been it? in VR chat? Yuck. So you know, I, I think that no, if we're if we're in a if you're creating your avatar, no, you don't want it to mm-hmm. be realistic enough to see your pores because people are gonna. I think people are right. gonna choose to not like they're gonna choose a flawless. Yeah. Or maybe you know maybe not, but I think I'm body positive. I'm gonna show my pores in VR. In fact, my <laughs> pores are huge. <laughs> I guess. But I, I do think, you know, as Will long I as I regret we, that, probably. As the hardware. <laughs> Taking a hard line on pores. <laughs> well, I think as the hardware gets better, you know, we're yeah. going to want to see it. It needs, we're going to want VR to mimic the real world yeah. as much as possible, Agreed. flaws and all. But uh, no, I don't think people will ever want to show. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's something like it gets to the point where if it's super easy to create a 3D scan of you, pores and all, and that's just something that you can do, like you in the real world is in the virtual world. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was, was, was going to take the stance of someone who wants that, but I'm like, that certain person is so exhausting. I, the, that future person that doesn't exist yet is so exhausting. <laughs> I'm, pointing, I'm pointing at the freaking... Yep rafters here dude the cheap seats i'm pointing to them you're, you're exhausting future people future those people so speaking of like super real looking people unreal engine has had this reputation for creating some of these super realistic mm-hmm. ultra realistic models it's is so unreal engine if you if you guys don't know unreal engine is a game engine it's what a lot of the games that you play are built in mm-hmm. um 
there's also Unity, which is another one. And Unity is probably, perhaps, arguably the most popular when it comes to virtual reality uh, because it's a little bit easier. There's more resources there. Um, if you're going to get into developing, like that's going to be the route you're, you're going to yeah. take more than likely. You're going to find the jobs there. But Unreal um, has an entirely different structure. It's not as intuitive. There's a steep learning curve. Mm -hmm. But what they've done is they've created this tool, this virtual production tool. And if... Um, if we get a chance to, I think we talked about it on the show, and I showed a little bit of the uh, the, the footage, the field guide, right? The field guide, yeah. So there's a field oh, is that guide. What you're talking about or the footage. No, I'm talking about the actual video. So if you get a chance, you can go to Unreal um, Unreal's website and just type in virtual production. Well, the first time we recorded this segment, <laughs> we did we did pull it up. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did pull it up. <laughs> and the, I think the most notable application for those of you who are just joining in onto the into what VR world is and what what things are. How's that? Is that going to look good on my story later? Shout out to Patrick for taking pictures and, hey, making my story actually work, because otherwise I don't take enough pictures. <laughs> uh, it's the, you'll know about the Unreal Engine, and it's through, uh, because if you watched Game of Thrones, which Kyle didn't, you can shame him in the comments below. I haven't seen it. Shame him in the comments I'm below. Sorry. But you, uh, <laughs> but the way that they did, when 1-1, one, one, the, the giant came back in uh, one of the final episodes in the last season, uh, was shaking the little Lyanna Stark, they did that in real time by using the Unreal Engine. So they were able to use, like, a prop, uh, or they were able to have an actual guy in a costume shaking a prop and then the vice versa and they were able to retexture the world around him and yeah. they were able to make that fantastic scene that Kyle hasn't seen uh, <laughs> they made it really good it was like it was actually like one of the highlights of the, of the episode but. I, I think so to put this in if, if you have any um, any experience or knowledge about the the background of movie production right they mm -hmm. they essentially create these sets anything that they can't create they put on green screen or blue mm -hmm. screen anything is a fit and they just fix it in post or they, they right. do a lot of post production post production right. visual effects yeah. what this is able like what people are able to do is they build this set in vr if a director says yeah i don't like the way that rock looks over there they put on a vr headset and they're able to click and drag and just like in a headset move that rock anywhere they want they can scale it and what it is is an actual representation. The background will adjust to the camera. So there's a direct tie to the camera you're shooting with to That's the background. Cool. So directors and, and directors of photography, uh, DPs, are able to get a real live view of what that shot will look like before any post-production mm -hmm. has begun. When I say it re it's revolutionizing, I've always said that the future of filmmaking is going, when we talk about uh, virtual reality and we mm -hmm. talk about the ability to interact. Like you're going to have a game developer on site with you. Right. And that's precisely what's happening in Hollywood, especially with um, when we start incorporating. Do you you need a gonna, developer. Do you to, think that the, uh, that the term game developer is going to change into a uh, an atmospheric, uh, the VP of atmospheric development? And, and that's a pretty cool they would change, title. They would just change the name. You know, Hollywood just creates yeah. titles for things. <laughs> Well, you got to put it on the credits. The you work for competency, uh, <laughs> astral projection therapist, uh, CEO, vice president of I've, I've got my receivable. crystals. I've yeah. got my crystals with me. Uh, oh. oh, God, no. No. It happened. It's fine. Water happened. It's, it's, it's uh, I can't. It was in the way. I, I couldn't you see. You know it. what? It it's fine. Out. It's on the table. We spilt the tea. We did it. Here's my question. Do you think that that, uh, that, that, uh, with special effects? The, the, oh. the utility of... Uh, this is special effects. We did this in Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> Realism. Uh, do you think it's that the, for directors who are like... Uh, and I used this uh, before, but the term are the, the example of Alfred Hitchcock who was very meticulous about the shots that he, that he put together. Is that going to create like a... a, 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 a 
par- paralysis by perfection sort of syndrome with yeah. a lot of these creatives who like they're forced to make these decisions and they're forced to in order to access the shots that they're that they're they're doing and like get them created if they have all the possibilities in the world at they're their fingertips the- <laughs> they're gonna try them all and budgets will continue to inflate you know, I you know I didn't think about this the future first time we talked about <laughs> futures. This is, I'm pointing at the, I'm pointing to the cheap seats with the futures today. <laughs> cheap seats, you're getting it. You're getting it today. Casey's on a roll. He's he's a rampage right now. Boom. Uh, you know, I didn't think about this the first time we talked about it, but you know, I I do think. But you look at the one of the benefits is that if they do want to make a change in the past, that that decision was hindered by the fact that it would take months of of redoing the set and mm-hmm. uh, re, it's months of works to make months of work to make that type of change right um but you think about even if they spend an additional couple days trying different things like maybe maybe it still works out in the um i don't know i I mean that's something that i you know i've had no desire to get into (laughs) development like vr development uh as a as a profession like me personally being the best dev out there but when it talk when we talk about how that affects um video and how that Mm -hmm. uh, relates to production right I can get down with that. We so I'm get, super pumped. We just got to travel across that uncanny valley and get some hyper realism in these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and also too, I, I will say my Unreal uh, Engine initial attraction allure came from creating these amazing environments yeah. that um, that it was able to create in virtual reality. I wanted to be able to create a space and create an experience. You know, design yeah. this design this experience for somebody who's visiting for the first time. And speaking of design, we have a very special guest. Uh, coming up with us, uh, when we talk about experiences, he is uh, he is the best designer of experiences that I've ever met. He's um, you know what he's 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 changing the world. You guys are gonna love this interview. You're gonna you're, you guys are gonna love it. I hope you uh, uh, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna stick around. For our main guest today, we're bringing you someone who's made a very positive impact in my life. And if you live or have ever visited Franklin, Tennessee, he's probably made a positive impact in your life as well. With over 15 years of experience in the entertainment industry, working with brands like The Roots, Stevie Wonder, John Legend, and Jay-Z. But in the last six years, he's been helping destinations move to the rhythm of their own communities, Leading the Visit Franklin brand, he was in charge of all aspects of growing and marketing visitation to the area, and in 2018, increased visitation by 14%. He's now the Director of Destination Activation plus Marketing at StreetSense, a global destination marketing company, connecting their clients to the consumers and creating brands people love and places people love to be. Without further ado, I present to you, Josh Collins. Josh. Man, it's been a while. So, Josh, we we've had a um, an interesting relationship over the past couple of years. So, we originally met back in 2015, and since then, um, we've been messaging each other on on late at night. Totally appropriate. Totally appropriate. Uh, but we've had this relationship where we've shared some really cool things that are happening, like yeah. some cool tech, um, and and trying to get together. It's always the trying to collaborate. Trying to collaborate. Just yeah. find trying to find trying to find the right moment, the right thing. And, Absolutely. Uh, now we're here. We're we're finally we're having the this is the first time we've seen each other in so long. Oh man, I got chill bumps, dude. This is great. It's Thanks great. for having me. Of course, man. Of course. We 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 first met back in 2015 and uh, I had just started doing 360 video. It was actually my first 360 video uh, and I took this this video of uh, downtown <laughs> Franklin. This uh, is such a precious moment. Right it here. is. It's all coming back. It's like I'm finally meeting. <laughs> I love it. I love my it. celebrity crut. What? Wait, what? Uh, wait, what? Uh, we can fix that in post. We'll fix it in post. Um uh, but 
you uh, you took that video and you were very supportive. You reached out and you, you published it to the Visit Franklin page, yeah, which is uh, right. Franklin's um, tourism page. It yeah, was like yeah, absolutely, the destination marketing organization for yes. Franklin, Tennessee. And that that video got um, at the time last I checked a couple years ago had you know somewhere in the thirty thousand view range. Yeah, and let's that just was say three and a half million. Just so we three feel and a half million there we go. views. There we go. The most watched three sixty video the most in all of ever. history. You heard it here. And it really meant a lot. It yeah. really, uh, you know, just being a first-time creator, and then also it meant a lot to my mom. I was going to say she texted me. Yeah, she. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She really didn't, but no. she loved it. My whole <laughs> she family. She would have if she had my number. Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were super pumped. They would. They. 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 Um, yeah, it was a really, really proud moment for them. I, I. I wanted to thank you again for that. I know, uh, it was just really cool to be able to come in there and see you and and. Uh, you just being a part of the community oh, and, and supporting no, that, the creators. It, no, it means a lot, and it was great. I mean, obviously, you're, you're creating incredible content, and there's nothing uh, successful in marketing done without really good, valuable, creative content, right? So, yeah. like, that was a win-win, man, totally. Yeah, thank you so much, man. That was that was that was really cool. So you, um, you're no longer at Visit Franklin. You That's are right. at Street Sense now. Yeah, so Street what, Sense. What, I mean, I, just doing some research for this interview, I saw Street Sense does. I mean, it's a they do some... A lot. I, destination yeah. marketing is like a. It's, it's not. It's, it's not an efficient word to describe exactly the amount of work that this company does. So what? Right. What do you? What do you do there? What? What? What does your day look like? Uh, what you- great question. You know, I'm. I'm still learning a ton, obviously, and growing a ton. But it's really fun. I'm the director of destination activation and marketing, uh, which is just a really fancy way to say that I uh, look to come alongside destinations of all different kinds of sizes and shapes and forms, whether that's a state or a county or a city, a municipality, or a resort, or uh-huh. you know, multifamily, you know, destination. Right, and that they're yeah. looking to engage their audience both online and off, right, and connect yeah. with the consumer, and then obviously drive business goals. So, uh, I look to to partner with them and, and think uh, strategically and creatively to uh, activate that destination, and and then ultimately, again, like I said, you know, drive the business goals that uh, that we that we kind of lay out. So, yeah, that's all. Sign me up for the uh, the resort uh, uh, marketing. Right, right. I uh, if you're looking for somebody to go and uh, need an influencer campaign. Oh yeah, there, totally. Right? That's a thing. Right hey, now. that is yeah. totally a thing. That's right? totally a thing. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I I was looking through, and you, I've been following you for years now, but specifically here recently, you mentioned the value of um, you know we have this Gen Z coming up. Mm. Uh, the, a lot of these. Uh, a lot of these people are entering college and some of them are just now leaving college and mm-hmm. they're they have their first job they're starting their careers they're they're moving for these careers and they're you know they have a little bit of disposable income they're looking to travel a bit maybe so how important is it in destination marketing and how how important is it in immersive tech to be able to to market to to this yeah i mean you know if you think of gen z right and you look at the studies and research uh they will easily outpace every previous generation as far as oh, yeah. um, sheer size, but then ultimately buying power. So if you're thinking uh, as a brand or destination, right, um, Street Sense, we, we say this, we we, talk, we tell them that we basically create brands people love and places people love to be. So if that, that describes is. you uh, and you're not already thinking about your future audience, then you are planning right now to be left behind. That's effectually what you're doing, right? So that's why Gen Z is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, is just from a pure connection based. These yeah. people will have uh, the buying power. Uh, this generation that is right, and yeah. and so yeah. If you're not planning strategies around that, if you're not thinking creatively, if you're not thinking immersive tech, if you're not thinking 
uh, immersive experiences, mm. um, then you are effectually planning to be left behind. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we, it's funny, I had a conversation yesterday. I was calling different businesses and I talked to somebody at a call center and she was the sweetest person I ever talked to. And I'd mentioned that I was doing virtual reality work. And I was like, I don't know if you know a little bit about virtual reality. She's like, I know what virtual reality is. I'm 20. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is like the first time. Like shame on you. Like shame, yeah, shame on me. And then I was like, how old am I? Oh, man. And, you know, it kind of, it really hit me and drove home that, you know, this this generation, some of them may not remember a time without virtual reality or without even 100%. talks. Of, so that's been, um, that's a, just a weird Well, the weird first, thing. you know, they're the first truly, completely digitally native generation, right? That's so cool. So it's so funny. I mean, I have a, I have a 10-year-old, and I remember when he was, you know, four, right? And walking yeah. up to our flat screen on the wall and uh, trying to swipe right. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, yeah. this he didn't even know what swiping right was, but he natively and intuitively knew to engage with the technology in that way. Um, that's a, you know, I mean, that's a small little anecdote, but, but again, yeah. it speaks to the power that immersive tech can have uh, with, this, with this generation. Definitely. Has there, has there been any immersive tech experiences that you've seen along the way? I know... Uh, when uh, a couple of years ago, when Pokemon Go came out, yeah, that was uh, I remember seeing downtown Franklin oh, and man. it just being packed. Oh yeah, full we, of people. We hosted meetups, right? Pokemon oh, Go yeah. meetups downtown, and we would do you know, and we would play together, right? We would. Here's the thing about this generation too: is immersive tech is giving a vehicle. These AR VR experiences are giving mm -hmm. a vehicle to create shared social experiences, which is something that this generation just desperately longs for. So yeah. when you think about, you know, the generational paradigms, uh, again, research speaks to this. It's also the first generation that hasn't grown up really with these embedded shared social experiences. So for mm. example, you know, thinking technology, broadcasting, uh, it was a common thing, right? I mean, this yeah. was probably even before your time, but we grew up and we watched one of a few dozen channels. Yeah. And, and then you had millions of people sharing in that experience of watching that program or that news segment or that whatever, right? Similarly now, today, we're, we're actually, we're taping this, right? Today, 9-11, yeah. right? Yeah. That's a shared experience that still to this day, if you were alive, then you know where you were, how you were engaging with the platform that you were engaging with, whether it's TV, broadcast, radio, whatever, you know that moment, right? That's a yeah. searing moment in kind of the DNA of, uh, and it's an identity shaping moment as well, right? Yeah. So this Gen Z generation is uh, has grown up with versions of that, but with essentially, you know, a little bit of a hole for that shared experience, which is why the thing like Pokemon Go was just, it just, it, it was explosive because it was like, yeah. let's engage in a way, but let's do it communally. And it kind of just created this this intersection of of you know things that make us love being human and love being with other people, et cetera. Yeah, and that's you know that's it's weird because when we talk about AR, that's one of the benefits of augmented reality. Yes. You know, it, it exists on platforms that everyone has. Everybody exactly. has a cell phone. Easily approachable, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's it's a scalable, scalable exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, conversely, we have you know the VR headset, which mm -hmm. is totally inclusive. It's right. it's it's something that's um, and a little isolating you, and isolating, yeah. right? But one of the advantages to that, and that's, um, we actually talked about this on the actual VR show. Um, John Carmack, the CTO of Oculus, was on the Joe Rogan podcast. 
And he talked about the memories that we have mm. from virtual reality experiences. Whereas when we're watching something on TV or watching something on a screen, you know, we remember more of where we were at the time, who we were with, um, and it's just being a part of the equation. Whereas when we're in a virtual reality headset, if we're visiting someplace, we have an experience with somebody in a headset, it becomes an actual memory. It becomes a part of you were there. I mean, your body remembers oh. it as being in well, that location. Well, here's the thing. Like we, we are still just on the cutting edge of neuroscience and thinking about actual brain connectivity mm-hmm. with immersive experiences, right? We, yeah. we, I mean, you, there's so much uh, work being done on the therapeutic side with, you know, uh, rewiring our brain and doing cognitive therapies and things to help uh, heal trauma, right, even. And VR has a whole... Un- I mean, the, the, the sky's the limit on what VR can do in assisting with P- PTSD, mm-hmm. right? All kinds of, you know, post-war uh, trauma. I yeah. mean, on and on and on, right? So yeah. it's it's really incredible as to when you think about what immersive tech does on the brain level, um, mm-hmm. it's, again, we're, we're, we're on the cusp. It's so, so it's much exciting. still to learn and grow. And it, but yeah, there's a ton, ton of stuff we, we, yeah, we, we don't know yet. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I think as we have these social interactions within headsets, as you know, the quest just came out, you, you have these multiplayer experiences. So experiencing things in a headset with other people is an entirely different yes. social interaction, you yeah. know, whereas we're on the internet, we're typing things. It's a completely yeah. impersonal thing, but anybody who plays video games online will know that it's still kind of impersonal. You're not in front of a person. Well, I'll but tell you, but, a, but looking at the gaming industry as a whole is another great case study from, you know, just from a sociological standpoint of thinking about shared experiences in Gen Z and then uh, thinking, gosh, why is Fortnite so popular? Why is, you know, yeah. uh, I mean, on and on, there's great examples of this right but it's yeah. like you're you're creating this virtual shared experience which is uh i mean it has tangible benefits so i i, I want to know because we do have some immersive content creators that that watch the show and a lot of in the when we talk about the the very beginning of 360 videos specifically some of the initial experiences were let me set this tripod down in one location hey look at this cool place like you could be at this cool place mm-hmm. and that that worked um at the very beginning because we had this novelty 360 it's the video that i did you right? gotta start somewhere exactly in the tech you know people are trying to figure out how do we tell these stories a location can very much be a, a character in a story should be but it should be oh yeah, yeah. i like that yeah, should, should be, be. yeah um but as as the tech kind of has evolved and storytelling has evolved, we've we've found that ultimately, you know, we need to tell tell stories yeah. uh, with with this with this technology. So, how do you recommend an immersive content creator, whether it be um, we'll, whether through AR VR, looking at destination marketing, mm-hmm. if you don't have the appeal, the international appeal, the monuments of uh, the Christ Redeemer in Rio, and you don't have the pyramids of Giza. If you're, if you're just a, you're trying to reach out to your local municipality, your local sure, city. Sure. How, how do you, how do you recommend that immersive content creators start adding value there? How, uh, how do, how do they? Well, the first thing I would say, if you're an immersive tech content creator, hit me up for sure. Right. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to know you because it's a, it's a space that I'm, uh, I'm looking at, you know, really creatively and trying to figure out, um, projects to collaborate with on yeah. you know what i mean for sure so so hit me up uh check me out in the show notes Da-dun-ta. right Da-dun-ta. but uh <clears throat> no but i think you know the other thing is is those are the easy examples right i mean the, yeah. uh, thinking in terms of that is really easy um 
And and those are great, right? But every destination has unique character, has unique stories to tell. And if you're going to do marketing and storytelling correctly, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, correctly, it's probably not the best way to think about it. But in terms of doing it in such a way that will connect with the audience, yeah. uh, then those aren't probably the ones you want to do. I mean, it's it's yeah. the ones that nobody knows about. It's the it's the you know it's the stories that are almost lore um, that you want to think about and try to uncover. So, yeah. you know, in general, storytelling right is an art form. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's absolutely an art form, and I think the challenge, you know, or at least to your question, my advice is is read great stories. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what are the great stories that cause you to come alive? Like, how do you yeah. find yourself in them? And what is it that captivates you? Like, where is that intersection of content versus fantasy and imagination and, and everything that you just, you, like, are drawn to? In other words, like, that's where you come alive in, in the story. And yeah. and I think when you combine that with just understanding we're built for story, we're, we're built for narrative, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. don't have to go further than the last, you know, five years and looking at what Marvel's done on the big screen and go, oh, Lord, like, we are captivated by narrative, right? By big, big, grand, epic tales, right? Um, And you can see that throughout. So when you you can uh, kind of reorient yourself into um, learning to think and see story that way, uh, I think you're you're well on your way, and then and then you you know it's nitty gritty, right? So you're you're on the ground in your destination. You're like, uh, do some research. You know, look online. Instagram, yeah. for example, is a great way. Look where are most photos taken, right, for a destination. Do a little bit of research there, and where where does that happen, right? I mean, <laughs> but to, right, my plate, my yeah. my uh, my pancakes at this morning or whatever. No, yeah. but but that's a good example, right? Where are the markers, good. the landmarks, um, and then you know it's a great opportunity maybe to think about okay, what stories happened here? Franklin, yeah. Tennessee is just one example. We've got so much history here, yes, um, really authentic history, right? You mm-hmm. know, from the Civil War and everything else. And so there's there's tons of powerful stories like that yet to still be told and interpreted yeah. uh, using immersive tech for sure. But yeah, there's a couple of good that, ones. You you said some of those. I, I really some tactile information. So if you're a content creator, whether it be immersive tech or otherwise. Um, starting, you know, go on Instagram and see what are people talking about? Where are the stories? Wh- where is your community? Mm. Wh- where is the attention within your local community? That's a great one, right? Because in, but you've got to be able to, you know, great storytellers first become great listeners. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, so being able to listen to the audience um, and you can do that at scale with Instagram. You can do that at scale yeah. with YouTube. You can do that at scale with Twitter, Facebook, right? Snap. Uh, you know, I mean, you can Definitely. do that. You can do that at scale from the sense of going, what is driving trends, right? Yeah. Uh, what is driving the trend as far as color, right? What is driving the trend oh, as far yeah. as aspect ratio? What is driving the trend as far as music, right? Uh, oh, wow. Think yeah. box office. I mean, again, what you're doing is you're letting other people spend the money for research for you, and then you're yeah, just yeah. sitting there in a the seat going, okay, well, what, is box, what is big box office doing? Well, look at Marvel. Study that. What are they doing, right? Um, how can I learn from that? What pieces of that can I, you know, can I, inter- you know, interpret and then integrate mm-hmm. into what I'm doing? Well, that's um, you did that very thing with Visit Franklin. Yeah. You you saw you guys had a hashtag, the yep. hashtag Visit Franklin TN. Franklin TN. 
Oh, and then it then you switched it yes. over to yeah, yeah. Franklin TN yeah, when you realized yeah. that that was the, that's where everybody was at. That's where everybody was at. Yeah, um, you listened to the community, and that's that's, that's well, where they were. That's the other thing. Like you know, um, this kind of the branding one on one from that standpoint. Yeah. But it's like, where's your audience? Uh, where's the fish? Where should yeah. you fish? Where the fish are? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's just a no. That's a no brainer there. But that's awesome. uh, But we miss that because we think that we're creating something we need to own. And, yeah. you know, the truest aspect of any brand and story is is shared. It's mutual. You know, it's like uh, one of my favorite authors, she says, you know, the most powerful words you can say to another human being is me too. You know, it's like uh, the shared sense all of a sudden is what creates resonance, right? When yeah. things are in an isolated tunnel, we get very myopic. We get, you know, we start to think uh, it's my funnel, right? I just need to drive consumers down my funnel. Mm-hmm. And here's the reality. Like human beings, we know, we, we inherently know when we are being made the means to someone else's end. We know yeah. that. You never hear, man, I met the best used car salesman the other day. He made <laughs> me feel so good. No, no. Instead, they're the butt of the joke. Right, unfortunately, yeah. right. But so, um, you know, it's it's just that that's a principle. You know, I think that just yeah. you know is really true. Yeah, you know, there there is something. There's a there's been a theme that I've noticed from you over the past few years, and that's you always mentioned that you when, you, when it comes I'm a little to, scared here. Uh-oh, uh-oh. 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 <laughs> we didn't talk about this before the show. <clears throat> yeah, right, right. No, uh, I, I saw a trend. You enjoy collaborating with people yeah specifically you look for people that you're comfortable enough with that you would let them into your own home totally and have dinner with your family totally which i i realize is something that um that i have done unintentionally but when i i think recently you posted something about this and it kind of struck me i was like okay well every member of the actual vr team has been in my home and has met my wife and has met my kids that's fascinating and i didn't realize it i mean they're my son knows pretty much all of them by name. Oh, that's cool. So it's, um, you know, it's incredibly important when you go to collaborate with people, mm. when you, with people, especially you trust. It's a, mutu- it's a mutual respect and understanding between two people mm. uh, when you collaborate with yeah. them. Uh, so how do you, one of the challenges is that we're, I'm, actually VR, we create immersive content. When yeah. we're talking with potential customers, you know, especially for the first time, mm-hmm they may not know the value or know what immersive, I mean, mm-hmm. even further, they may not know what virtual reality is. Yep. Um, so how do you recommend, if we're going to follow that philosophy of really fostering these relationships and yeah. being able to um, collaborate at that end, how do you recommend immersive content creators approach people to collaborate with them when they don't necessarily know or, res- or are resistant to... Yeah. Um, the the technology well i think you know that's such a great question uh i'm still learning myself right and it would be really foolish of me to think that i have some quippy you know (laughs) uh, pat answer here and it's certainly not a pat answer i mean it's something i still struggle with now being on the different a different slightly different side of the industry but i do love collaborating and i do think you know um part of what collaboration is is truly all about It, it you know especially when it comes to creativity uh, it's you know necessitates vulnerability, so mm. which is why you kind of go if I'm not willing to sit down with you and have a meal, share a meal, right? To enjoy yeah. kind of hospitality together, uh, then I'm not willing to be vulnerable with you, which means our collaboration is really going to suffer, right? Because then it's yeah. just purely transactional, and we certainly see this you know in a cultural trend in the marketplace. Uh, Gen Z certainly is having an impact on this, but even millennials, you know, I mean, they're driving so much of this purpose driven business 
you know, social capitalism, responsible capitalism, right? People yeah. over profit, right? This, mm-hmm. These movements toward uh, kind of common good, human flourishing, things around, um, you know, even there's a recent article in the New York Times, right, about, uh, you know, s- stakeholders kind of saying the role of the CEO, right, the purpose of business is even evolving to being a primary focus for return on for investment, but to, you know, fostering healthy relationships inside the organization. And that's a really powerful thing wow. for the Times to put out there because um, we're all looking around us and wondering and dealing with these individual questions on a very personal level. Uh, and if we think that those things aren't going to impact what we do horizontally and in corporate settings, then... Um, we're just deceiving ourselves, right? So collaboration, yeah. uh, you know, that's going to produce work that we all look back and go, man, that was awesome. Uh, so glad we did that. And then that moves the needle toward the business goals and objectives we have. Um, it really does. It, it's, it's got to have that connection base versus transaction base. And I yeah. would say, you know, soft skills are, are just so important there, right? Self-awareness, uh, humility, I mean, certainly yeah. the ability to to, to listen first, um, ask more questions than you offer solutions, yep. right? Um, but Two ears, one mouth. Oh, well, exactly, right? <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Um, but then I think, you know, if you're, if you're in that situation, like you, like you're mentioning, where you're, you're wanting to collaborate with something, um, yeah, be relationship first, right? And I'm, yeah. Obviously, you know, we all have our, our ideas and wants, and it's like, you know, I, I want to make more money, or I want to do this fun project, or I want to do, like, so yeah. it's not that we abandon what we want, but I think the best collaborations come when we find ways that, mutually speaking, it creates value. So it's, you know, you hear yeah. the win-win, right? And it's right. things like that. But, um, but I think, you know, we just experience that. And then ultimately, downstream, the audience, you know, experiences it, and they connect with it. And then you see efforts um, that reinforce that on the metric side. Yeah. I, was it was it you that shared, um, I recently saw, maybe it's on LinkedIn, uh, the value of personal brand. Yeah. So that's something, that was part of the decision why we decided to do the show. <clears throat> is, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk has obviously had a big yeah. influence on that Shout as well. Shout out, Gary V. Love Gary V, if you're watching. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, you know, and going with that whole collaboration and getting to know somebody, the one of the side, of, not side effects, but unintended um, consequences, values, benefits of, of doing this show is that I'm hoping that by people seeing me and seeing the owner of the company and kind of where I align that that would help people choose whether or not they oh, wish bro. to work with me or like, not. If we had the track, you know, like the laugh track, but it's not a laugh track. Let's do <laughs> let's do let's do the golf clap uh escalating to massive applause right here for you. Producer Casey, you got that? Yeah, producer Casey, you got that, right? <laughs> so, no, but seriously because uh I applaud you, dude. I think oh, what you're doing you. is is right on and let me just encourage you in that for a second. Seriously, real talk here. Like that's uh, I mean, that's powerful. That creates engagements that no doubt are going to pay dividends. It's, it, essentially, you're planting seeds every single time you bring yourself as authentically as you do. Um, that's great art. Thank it you. really is great art. And I think there's no other way to do it, truly. You know, I mean, uh, we have a mutual friend, Jeremy Cowart, right? Yeah, Who, yeah, yeah. Uh, same, same thing. Like, he follows that model. He's like, I'm going to do... Uh, I can't help but create. I can't help but live and breathe passionately, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a full-blooded human being. And so uh, those are the things that really draw people. Like we, we, we naturally, audiences are naturally attracted to where life grows, 
right? That's why yes. we moved to cities. Oh. There's a vibrancy there, right? Which is which is part of what we do at Street Sense is create vibrant destinations. That's that's all what we're about. And Living so, and breathing. Oh man, just, like, the, and that just it, it, it's a platform that many times, you know, again, we struggle so myopically. We get, we get, ah, I've, I've got to check these boxes today. Man, it's Monday morning. I'm tired. Let me just check my boxes of what I got to do. And we forget the consumer. We forget mm-hmm. our audience. We forget sometimes our best audience is the person we share a cubicle with, right? Or, the, or yeah. the person we report to, or the person that reports to us. And it's these human connections that really breathe life into the very work that we do. And I think you, you do a great job with that. So cheers. Mm. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That was a, oh man. You could send me another late, late night text. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. I have the timestamp of that one, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pull that one. That one's good for marketing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, producer. Thank you, producer Casey. <laughs> My pleasure. So I, you, oh man, you just you completely threw me off guard. Oh, sorry, bro. I'm sorry, a little bro. flustered. A little, little. Uh, thank you. No, thank so you keep much. it, keep it going, thank right? You. Because naturally, in the evolution of the entrepreneurial life, though, are going to be the valleys where it doesn't feel so rewarding and it doesn't feel so. You're you're hustling, and that can be hard, right? Which is why we need communities. Yes. Uh, we need these communities uh, to help. Uh, you know, encourage us. Man, yeah. that's just part of life, right? That's that's yeah, we man. need that. We need that. We Love don't it. talk about that enough uh, in the in our world with everything that we're struggling from mental yeah. health to everything else, you know. So we need that for sure. Definitely. Yeah. If you can't find it within the local community, you can find it in books. Yeah, absolutely. You can find it online. In, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, listen, on my online communities are fantastic for yeah. that. Sometimes, absolutely. Yeah. You can't you can't break the the human. Uh, the human connection. Well, so back to your point a second. You know, how do you how do you do this well? You be human. <laughs> oh, be yeah. Full, Just you know, be you be a good fu- human. <laughs> exactly. You be a good human. Be fully blooded. You know, a full blooded human being. And I think you do that well through this show and Thank the rest you. of your work. And that oh, speaks man. for itself. Well, that's. Um, I I, I want to let. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity because you you have a lot of things I'm sure going on at Street Sense. Um, right. Yeah. What What is it that that you're most excited about that you're that you're doing over there? Because I, I mean, there's. When when I look at the the list of things that you've accomplished so far, mm. I mean we're you've done some incredible things, and I, it, being at a company like Street Sense, I'm sure is just just able to scale what you're able to do. Yeah. So what what is it that you're excited about? Um, uh, it's coming such out, a, man, that's such a got? great question. I mean, I really am. You know, I really am excited about the opportunity I'm being given to come alongside more destinations and help them create vibrancy there. Right. Help yeah. them again. When I look at this, I look at um, I look at it from the standpoint of the uh, the impact that this work creates. Like many times, travel and tourism, destination marketing is considered the silent or invisible industry. But yet, you know, last year's figures were north of over three billion dollars spent domestically a day. With a B. With a B. That's a big giant <laughs> B, right? Um, that's, that's a lot of money, right? And that's yeah. just. I mean, that's everything. I mean, you think about uh, you know, you're traveling for a conference, you're on vacation, you're you know, business meeting, whatever it is, right? Yeah. I mean, that's happening, you know, domestically all over the world. It's such a thriving industry, and it generates a massive, a massive amount of economic impact. Which, at the end of the day, we're talking small business owners, right? You got a yep. main street. Uh, like we do up yeah. the street here in Franklin. We're, we're right in Franklin today, right? So yep. right up the street, you got a Main Street, it's thriving Main Street, uh, small business owners that own these shops, and uh, they want to succeed. They want to have a vibrant business. Yes. They want to have uh, food on the table. 
They yep. want to, you know, they want to flourish, right? Exactly. That's what destination marketing is all about, is facilitating that vibrancy, right? I mean, essentially at its core, it's it's connecting consumers with these great experiences um, all across, you know, really the world. And so I, I'm excited about the opportunity I'm given to scale those efforts that I've been able to do so successfully for Franklin and, and, mm-hmm. and other smaller communities, but then uh, to do that more broader, you know, larger, kind of elevate. Uh, yeah and strategically implement things that are going to really make a huge difference uh, for communities all over. That's amazing. I, I wanted, So I'm talking to you, immersive content creators. Josh has, has said a lot of insightful things, but I, I especially want to encourage you guys to, to challenge what, what you're creating. It's, it's not just about look at this cool location. As, as, as awesome as that is, and we mm-hmm. do want to show there is there is a beauty to a location. Oh, there's beauty a location, all around it, us. It, it breathes, it lives. Yeah. And so I don't want to discourage you from doing that. But what, when you look at Main Street down in, in Franklin, each one of those store owners has a story. Yep. Each one of them has a unique story yeah. that needs to be told somehow. Yeah. And so as a, as a content creator, I challenge you, it's the, same, it's the same responsibility we've had from the very beginning, and that's to tell stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times as a cr- content creator, you're, be- you're better at telling other people's stories than, yeah, you, totally, are, totally. than you are your own. So um, yeah, I just encourage you guys to, to use the technology as it, it, it's a tool, and it's a powerful tool, mm. and it's a, it's a storytelling tool. I challenge you to, to tell those people's stories in a, in a fun and creative way. Always have fun doing it. But I... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's I think that's the important important thing. Especially. Well, think about it like this. Think about um, there's kind of this dual function to what we're talking about, especially mm-hmm. to immersive uh, content creators, right? Uh, deliberately, it's like you are creating a vehicle to engage the audience, mm-hmm. but you're also at the same time giving this gift, uh, and it ends up ultimately being a gift to both. But it's a gift to these uh, stories themselves, right? Stories. Uh, must find their way uh, to the recipient, right? Uh, humans must make meaning of those stories. Those are non-negotiables. Those are hardwired into our DNA. We cannot do that. That we just we do that. We make meaning of stories, right? So, uh, if you're a content creator, really, essentially, right? I mean, your meta calling is you're a gift giver. <laughs> I mean, essentially, at the end of the day, you are a gift giver. Uh, creating these really powerful experiences that ultimately become these gifts for for your audience. Josh, I don't know how to top that, man. That was that was beautiful. Uh, oh, was that, that, was that a wonderful. drop the mic? That was a drop the oh, mic. Oh yes, I did it. I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was absolutely amazing. But sometimes, you know, when you're doing creative work, you have to get to that place, yeah. right? Otherwise, you end up doing something that the audience sees that for three and a half, four seconds and moves on. Yeah. You know? So now there are tactical things you do there. You know, you got to have a hook. You got to have branding. You got you to gotta be smart about things. Yeah. Right? But if you don't have a compelling story, you know, you're dead in the water. That's the variable. Yeah. The the creative is the variable. And the story, you're... It doesn't... It's never been about the equipment you use. That's correct. It's never been about the camera. No, it's never. never been about... Because that's always going to change, right? I mean, let's always. look back. We've seen it change. So yeah. it's going to continue to change. Yeah, yeah, it's it's about the stories. Yep, C- create compelling content. Hundred um, percent every time. Hundred percent. We're on the same page. We we we're, we're there. Josh, man, this is it's been amazing. Whoa, are we out of time already? We uh, 
Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> All right, man, that's fantastic. That went out. Wow, thanks for having me on, of dude. Of course, man. Well, thank, thank you. Uh, it means maybe a lot. maybe I I'm, can come back sometime and we can, uh, you know, we yes. can showcase some some killer work that we have finally completed together. That would be amazing, right? Let's we do should that. totally do that. Oh, we should, we need to do that. Yeah, Josh. Good to see you again, man. Yeah, bro. <laughs> hey, sweaty hands. Listen, it's hot in the studio. <laughs> those late night, those late night uh, text threads, babe. Let's keep you know, doing it. Yeah. Let's keep doing it. It's good. Yeah, it's good. That's right. <laughs> Tell your mama said hey. <laughs>